Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Spring, Roberta. Walking in the dark, seeing lovers do their thing. That's the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we want to start off with a little Roberta because she is an HBCU grad, honey. Yes, she is, honey. Uh, okay, Period. or HBCU alum. And this special bonus episode of Getting Grown is presented commercial-free thanks to Target. Target is partnering with HBCUs to support the next generation of black talent. And with that being said, we have a very special episode for you. So, sis, shall we get into it? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, all right. Welcome, welcome to the kitchen table. We are back with a special bonus episode brought to you by Target. Uh, Target, we're partnering with Target to amplify black narratives um and especially of the, those of black designers black innovators black creators um and this week we're excited to talk to a very special uh innovator creator entrepreneur one who happens to be an fashionista alum. oh yes motherista oh yes spice just a, queen a mogul uh you know just a hometown hero all the all of the things um, and uh, we're excited. She's also an alum of the illustrious Howard University. We're very welcome. We're very excited to welcome Angel of the Spice Suite to the kitchen table. Welcome, Angel. Welcome, welcome. Yes. Thank you so much. Long overdue. Yes. Long overdue. Yes, honey, because I have, I've been eating on these food as fashion plates for weeks and months. Have. Bowls and spoons <laughs> all over my house. I said, we've got to get, we've got to get Angel down to the Angel, table. all her cabinets, Angel. We're not bullshitting. Literally. All, I, all I just, her cabinets. Listen, and when I, I closed on a house uh, last uh, May during the pandemic and all over my little uh, registry was the, listen, I need the plates, the bowls. I need the cutlery, the yes, the skillets, all the pictures. We, we need the cast iron, glass, glasswares. Okay. Yes, all of these things. We have everything all over the place, all over the place. But yes, welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. How I, are you today? I'm peaceful, grateful. Oh, that's such Look a at this energy. I love it. Let I me tell you, I love her energy place. already. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. We, so we want to learn a little bit. We want to learn a little bit about Angel because as we were telling you before, uh, before we started recording, everybody knows who the Spice Suite is. And if you act like you don't know who the Spice Suite is, then Even you're Stevie bullshitting. Wonder. Even okay. Stevie Wonder knows about the Spice Suite. 
Can we can we talk about that real quick? <laughs> can we talk about that real? Because that is my favorite singer, Angel. My favorite genius of all like? time. Yeah, I think he's everybody's favorite, right? Like, mm-hmm. just, oh like, my goodness! I mean, just musically genius, right? So anytime I think I have an opportunity to touch or be close to, you know, in any sort sort of way to somebody with that level of genius, it's just kind of magnetic. Um, mm-hmm. And it was unexpected. You know, I had no idea that his wife had been trying to get a box for him um, during the pandemic when the boxes were selling out in like, you know, a minute. And oh, I'm yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Damn, you have to wait. <laughs> like, I can get this to you today. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, you know, right so we, now. We'll go yeah, down like, right day. now. What do you mean? So we, you know, we connected and I got the products to them and his wife, you know, asked for my number. And I'm thinking just in case she wanted to, you know, follow up and place more orders. Um, and the day that they got the, I believe it was like the day that they got the box, I get like a random FaceTime. I never answer FaceTime calls from numbers I didn't save. But for some mm-hmm. reason, I'm like, Cali, like, let me answer. So I answered, and it was he, him and his wife. Um, wow. Just calling to, like, thank me and, you know, tell me he was proud of me and, you know, he heard about me. And, you know, things are like, what do you, what do you mean you heard about me? Who told you? Let's dive into that. Like, which one Not of your friends? No, you know? uh, <laughs> so it was just, oh um, yeah, it was it was one of those moments where it's like, I don't pause often to, you know, to to acknowledge the things that I've accomplished in business um, or for my community, really, because there's always more to do. Um, mm-hmm. And so that was a moment where I just like sat for a minute, like, and stare at my phone. Like, that was mm-hmm. a on my phone. Like, that's mm-hmm. how long did you sit and stare? Like, how long did you take <laughs> to like kind of reflect on that? For a I felt like I was just like in a bit of a daze for a second. Like, I can't believe that just happened. Right. And there have been people like Taraji Henson was the first celebrity to ever purchase mm-hmm. from Spice Suite. Um, mm-hmm. And so I've had, you know, even when she reached out, like it was a DM and she was just like, I want to support. And when she said she wanted to support, I'm thinking she wanted to buy a few things. She's like, no, nah, I need everything for my mom. I need mm-hmm. everything for my sister. I need everything for me. Like, I need all the things for all the people. Mm-hmm. Send them all mm-hmm. to everybody, right? Like, everybody needs it. And I was grateful. And then Kelly Rowland's people reached out. And, you know, people reach yeah. out often. I'm always humbled by it um, because I have just been proud of knowing that I've grown this business to a, you know, a seven-figure business with the support of Black people, right? Just mm-hmm. regular Black people, not celebrities, yes. no blue checks, yes. no, you know, awards. So that has always made me proud. But then it's like now to go to the space where other people with celebrity and influence are also recognizing and appreciating my brand and what I do for community, because it's always weaved into it um, for me. The, um, the work that I do, I'm just like beyond grateful. Um, like oh, I would have never imagined that this dream I was living, you know, this dream I didn't even know I had, I get to live. Mm. So I can't wait till I'm richer because I'm <laughs> going to be called and be like, Angel, pack me up everything, girl. Give me a box. <laughs> I'll take one I, of everything, Okay, because I took my little broke button to the Spice Suite. Exactly. And I'm, I'm candid, which I spent a $350 and did not walk out with a third of what was in there. Listen, okay? I have so a I budget. <laughs> I have a budget. This week, I'm going to get this. And then next month, I'm going to come back. But I mean, that's it. And I love I love coming into the store because it really does feel like, you know, you're going to... A, your friend's store. Uh, every every time I've been, it's always been like, oh yeah, you know, just oh, that's over there. I'm over. I'm working. That's over there by the like, you know, you know, as you know, we just engaging, and um, it's crazy when you think about the boxes, right? To think that I was competing with Stevie Wonder's wife. Yeah. <laughs> to get- 
to get a box is a is a different thing. But walk us back, walk us back. So you said like you know a dream that you didn't know you had. So um, I feel like we've heard in, in, in reading, doing research that you started off in education, mm-hmm. um, and you know sort of cultivated through, through your through your own sort of interest in cooking and food and flavor, sort of uh, developed. Um, or launched into into this arena. So take us back there. Take us back from from transitioning, um, you know, at, from a full time educator into to thinking about doing something like this on on a full time basis. I mean, it all just kind of happened, right? Like I didn't mm-hmm. plan for it. Um, I didn't anticipate it. I didn't even want it. Um, I was super happy being an educator. When I got a job as an assistant principal, that was like my dream job at the time. Like mm-hmm. I really just wanted to be um, in a space to impact like change around like policy and, you know, not suspending yeah. kids and, you know, loosening up on them a little bit, but still challenging them academically. Like as long as I could have been in that space, I was happy. That's all I wanted to do because I've worked mm-hmm. in, um, in education for a, while, for a while. I've worked in youth violence intervention and prevention spaces. I used to teach at a UJ. Um, so I love kids. I love community. I love those of us who are most forgotten. Um, that is what means the most to me. And so when I, you know, on a whim, decided to open this spice shop after walking past this, you know, Felice sign and um, engaging with the landlord a little bit and randomly telling him I would open a spice shop, I um, struggled with the decision for the first few weeks because it was just like, mm-hmm. Ah, could I leave education and do retail? Because that's what it was. Mm. That's what it is, right? It's right. retail. Oh, like, no matter how right. nice and cool and fun and glamorous, you know, my job is right. nice to travel. But in the beginning, it was strictly retail. And so it just felt like it wasn't meaningful enough to leave the kids, mm-hmm. right? And so mm-hmm. that's when I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to invite community into this space. And that's when I started to, do, you know, offer the space for the pop-up shop. So about a month into yeah. opening, I started to allow um, anyone who was a Black person, a business owner that had a product that was handmade or uniquely sourced, I allowed them to share space with me for free and sell their products. And that's when I started to feel good about it. Like once those mm-hmm. businesses started to come in and share space with me, I was like, okay. I like this. Mm-hmm. Like, this feels yeah. good. This feels mm-hmm. impactful. This feels like not just retail. Because I work retail. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing exciting and, you know, amazing mm-hmm. about that. But that's the point where I was like, okay, I can do this full time. Because for a while, yeah. I was like, I'm not sure. My best friends are principals. And I would be texting them like, yo, keep a position for me just in case this don't work out. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, that's girl, fair, you're like- Midas. This is going to work. Like, they just always, right. you know, speak so highly of me and thought the world of me before the spice suite was what it is. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm grateful for that, you know, back then and mm-hmm. now they, they switch and now they just like to keep me humble. <laughs> <laughs> That's what our community is there for, actually. <laughs> Listen, I knew Kia before the PhD and yeah, I am yeah. not I am not quiet to remind her when she had that blowout and that press not out in all. her head. Or not what? at all. <laughs> not at all. Not at None all. None of that. That's a real friend. So, so okay. So you walk past it, you saw it. Were you making homemade blends at home? Were you, you just, it was just literally like, no, I'm going to do this. Yeah, I wasn't making spice blends at home. I never made a spice blend. Um, I, yeah, I wasn't doing any of that. I was cooking. Um, and I love to cook. But I also grew yeah. up, you know, I was raised by my grandmother in the house with all men and boys mainly. And, you know, my grandmother's pretty t- traditional in that we cook for them and serve their plates okay. and that sort of thing. So I kind of fell into, you know, in love with that. And when I had my son, I knew I didn't want him to have fast food. Like, I knew I wanted mm-hmm. him to enjoy eating at home. Um, so mm-hmm. I started to cook a lot more, but never, ever did I think about spices. I hadn't even, I'd only been out of the country once. And now, you know, mm-hmm. we've been wow. to 30 countries. 
30 um, something countries. Like that wasn't um, that wasn't my life. Like the life mm-hmm. that I'm living now is not even a hint of something that I experienced prior to. You see mm-hmm. how purpose finds you. You see how it yeah. will just find like spirit will guide you right on to where you right you where you're supposed to be every time. Because it seems like it's just in you to do. Like even watching you cook on Instagram, and I love mm-hmm. it, right? Because it's such a like like you know you learn to cook with your grandmother. I learned to cook with my grandmother, and you know every now and then someone will have a cookbook somewhere. But most of the time, we just in there, you know, mm-hmm. like reaching Figuring for things. Out. And and whatever feels good, whatever smells good, whatever tastes good, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And so just knowing that you can sort of bring that kind of organic uh, sort of vibe to, to like every space is really is really dope. And to know that you never made a spice blend just kind of blew my mind because right. it seems like <laughs> I just imagine that you would be like in your house doing all kinds of stuff. No. Just witchering, just mixing up the just mixing up the laboratory. Boom, boom. No, I think, you know, for me, like my motto around my business of food is fashion is probably mm-hmm. the most um the only thing from my prior life, you know, quote unquote prior life that has spilled mm-hmm. over into the spice suite and that I've always mixed and matched things yeah. in my wardrobe and not played by rules and you know, it was always bucking the system in that sense. And so mm-hmm. I brought that philosophy into my, you know, into my business and into my spice mixing. So I never felt the need to go to culinary school or learn, you know, quote unquote, learn how to mix spices first. It was like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to do what I want to do. Like, I, in my tribe, will mm-hmm. find me. Like, you know, there will be people mm-hmm. who are like, nope, I need something that is labeled poultry blend so that I know what to put on my chicken. And that's not my right. tribe, right? And there are people who are like, girl, I'm just going to try it. Like, let's just yeah. see what it tastes like. And those are my people who are just like, mm-hmm. I'm going with you. Like, wherever you go, let's do it. Have I you ever made anything like that you did Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but is there anything that you didn't love, right? So I know, like, when my, my grandma was teaching me how to cook, she was like, girl, just do your thing. And there will be some things that don't hit. <laughs> like, something, you know. It's a little different, right? Because it's like, you don't, you might not love it yet, right? Like, mm-hmm. I can change it. Like, it's not a prepared meal, right? Like, if you mm-hmm. put the wrong spices on your chicken, it's like, dang, I can't really undo it. I can't take the salt mm-hmm. off. But with the spice blend, if it's like, ah, I don't really like this, I just need to figure out what to add to it. You know, I might mm-hmm. sit it aside like, mm, that one wasn't amazing. I need to come back to it and figure out what I yeah. can add to it. So it's never really a wrong, you know, blend because I can just remake it, add some more salt, add paprika, add cumin, you know, add some smoking. Mm-hmm. It's like I can layer it until I get mm-hmm. it right. Um, so no, not really. And not because I'm perfect, but because of the process, it's space yeah. for you to be able to correct without, no, you know, say it, say it because I'm a motherfucking boss. I know what I'm doing and you might not. And that's fair. <laughs> that's totally Totally fair. I mean, totally we fair. are the only spice shop left in D.C., so there's definitely some, wow. um, you know, achievement that I'm, I'm grateful That's really for. That's really important, too. Yeah. That's important. You're the last spice shop, and, you don't, and you're a black spice shop. Um, when I went to San Francisco this summer, we went to the last black-owned ice cream shop in the city, and it's the smallest. It's this corner right here that I'm in, but it is the sweetest man who has just the best temperament with you. Wouldn't even let me pay for my child's ice cream. I'm like, sir, I just read an article where the whole shit was about to shut down. Let me pay for this ice cream. (laughs) But we need these types of communities within our community, which brings me to my next question for you. So you started this community within the Spice Shop and you touched on it with the Spice Girls. Um, What has that... So that started from you kind of like 
you started letting people come into the shop, right? Where did the Spice Girls come into play where it became a little bit more, we're going to focus on this like this? Yeah, so in the very, very beginning, my homegirl, Elle, she was like, whenever you need a break, because I know it's just you, I'll come in and run the shop for you. You know, don't worry about it. I got you. And so every now and then I would call on Elle, like, yeah, I need a break. Like, she would run the shop. Um, mm-hmm. Then this other friend, Mika, she came along. Um, she did a pop-up, and then she started popping up kind of regularly, and she came into the space. But at this time, it wasn't really a Spice Girl tribe, right? Like, it was just a couple people who would do this regularly. And then um, after a while, she left, and then I was running the spot. Friends would come and help me out. Um, and then Nikki, Azena Najjar, she popped mm-hmm. up and she was in this um, program getting her PhD. And so she was like, this was so great. Like, can I come and pop up again next week or maybe next month or something? And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. like, that's cool. And then that happened. And she was like, oh, can I do it again? And I was like, yeah, but actually, like, my son has, like, a hockey. I think he had hockey or violin or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, would you mind, like, running the shop while I'm gone? And she was like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. I would love to. I totally wouldn't mind. And so I started thinking, like, I don't know how many women wouldn't mind doing that, right? Like, how many women would, like, just share space with me? Like, I give them space to pop up and sell their products. They run the shop for me. And lo and behold, tons of women would be interested in it. Um, And so we slowly started to grow the tribe, of course, starting with one, like anything else. And now we have 22 Spice Girls. We're welcoming two more this weekend. Um, And they run the shop for me while I'm away. Um, And I, you know, then reached out because I was trying to figure out, like, what do I, what is this called? Like, what type of agreement do I need? You know, as things started to get popular, and there were news articles and me having to talk about it. And I would say it was a barter. And then, like, somebody legal was like, homegirl, that's not a barter. And you don't want to say yeah. that. And it was like, okay, okay, so let me research and figure out what to say because I don't want to owe anybody any extra money. Um, right. And so that's then I right. reached out to the U.S. Department of Labor's legal department. And they were like, yeah, we actually don't even know what to call this. I'm not sure right. anything in this country exists like this, where there's no money exchange. Like, we know of yeah. co-ops, and there's other models where people charge for the pop-up, because then they can name it something, right? But you're literally giving them a space for free, and they're there. Um, so they were like, yeah, we don't know what to call it. Just get your attorney to draw up some sort of membership agreement. You know, and they helped me think through some of the language. And so I had my attorney friend um, draw up a membership agreement to lay out everything legal. And so I was like, okay, so now we can't like formally call this thing. And so I trademarked the word Spice Girl in because that's what I wanted to call the tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like a membership. And then I was like, well, since nobody's doing it, I'm also about to trademark, which I haven't annou- well, now announced it now, um, <laughs> the name of my business model, um, I, I started to call Black and Forth. And so I've trademarked mm-hmm. Black and Forth. So I will an- formally announce the, you know, my it. business name and what else will come of that because there are more I things that, that. Um, I'll be announcing in the coming months um, as far as Black and Forth is concerned. Oh my so God, I'm, Angel, I love that. So I love excited, that name. right? <laughs> Because it's like, it's so good. I mean, I think one thing that we have in common, we're both educators, right? And so I think one of the things that um, I love, right, is that, you know, when you teach, when you teach people, when you share resources and, you know, it, people don't like to think of those things as sort of like assets or like, you know, it doesn't seem like you're tra- changing money, but what it is that you're building is like, you know, and especially if this is so specific to to Black people, like, when it's literally like we say this all the time with the team type of fast stuff. It's like our our superpowers are activated when we come together. And there's Absolutely. been such a mindset in this country, this capitalist mindset where we're all competing and we all feel like we're competing for one carrot. But when we come together and literally leverage our resources and, and look at what look at all that you've been able to build 
Mm -hmm. Um, And there hasn't been any sort of like negative, well, I shouldn't assume, but from the outside looking in, it looks like there hasn't been any sort of negativity or contention or folks is not competing to be like one one another. Everyone's in their own lane, doing their own tribe, selling what they sell and literally leaning on each other and building scaffolding this huge sort of empire because that's what i see the spice girl and thing it's like it's like a what you're doing it's like an incubator like you're because folks are getting to partner with you in this way they learn from you your business and it's really you're just spreading the wealth so i don't know like you just sharing that black and forth thing that's kind of what resonates with me when you say that it's like we're all just sort of sharing these resources and nobody's losing like everybody's winning yeah Mm -hmm. no and that's the goal of it right is to continue with that in mind um Mm -hmm. and so trying to make sure that that stays present on the minds of the spice girls too that like i don't go anywhere without y'all like you know everywhere Mm -hmm. i go Mm -hmm. we go together um and you know the space that i opened for them on connecticut avenue like they wanted me you know the program that i'm under that allowed me that space they wanted me to open a second spice suite i've maintained that i don't want a second spice shop since the start of this current one and that doesn't change because an opportunity comes my way right like i didn't want it absolutely but what i did is wanted a space for the spice girls to be able to have something that they can call their own for a little while and see how that goes to give them even more exposure to what it's like to run a business and the experience you know with very little risk you know financially mm-hmm. so that space was for them um and that comes as a part of the membership right like when opportunities mm-hmm. come my way they come our way um, and so that has always been my mindset around building this tribe and growing together and learning together and me investing in them professionally and financially. I love your attitude behind it. The fact that you had to create an entity in order to support other black women. Yeah, I have to create this legally because this is what I want to do. Right. And I love um, your energy across the board with that. I've been very drawn to you obviously for your amazing spice blends, obviously for your amazing fashions, but very much so for your work within the incarceration system. Um, It speaks very personally to me. So I'd like to know a little bit more about that and how you, exactly what you're doing. I know you're doing cooking lessons, but I want to hear a little bit more and how you got into that. Yeah, so it's also timely. Um, My brother, Tony Lewis, and I actually will be announcing probably Monday, um, I think we said it for Monday to announce that we formally made DC or nothing um, a nonprofit, which is like a saying that he's been using forever. But we both adopted. Uh, we're the co-founders of DC Natives Day, which is a holiday um, yes. that was made in our honor around the work that we've done to kind of highlight and center Nate DC Natives, Black DC Natives in particular, and all the issues mm-hmm. um, that plague us, right? Like every issue, like bad thing that happens in DC impacts mm-hmm. Natives most. Right. Like food insecurity, homelessness and mass incarceration. And so we do a lot of work around that. But through the D.C. or nothing um, nonprofit, Tony and I um, actually are embarking on something that we're so, so excited and proud of. Um, D.C. does not have a halfway house anymore. Mm-hmm. Not one. Folks go. Not, not one. one. They cl- it closed wow. um, about a year ago, maybe. So there's nowhere for um, men and women to go halfway, you know, at that point where they mm-hmm. are released from the federal prison, but still under federal custody. So mm-hmm. they either go to Baltimore, Delaware, or Richmond. Far. Okay. Um, you know, Baltimore yeah, is far. quote unquote up far. the street, but that's for those of them who drive, right? It's not right. close. Mm-hmm. So Tony and I actually secure funding um, through Start Small to be able to support them and stabilize them. Um, and the whole premise around that 
we wrote up our proposal based on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? And wanted to address mm -hmm. all of them through stabilization factors um, and giving people what the government would never give them, right? So we're giving them, you know, $700 a month stipend. We're giving them a cell phone and paying the bill for six months, an iPad and hosting virtual workshops with them around everything from financial literacy, which would be sponsored by Industrial Bank, to relationship building, tech, like how to get engaged in social media and how to use this smartphone because you might not have been mm -hmm. home for a while. Mm -hmm. um, we're doing reunification activities with them to, you know, kind of reunite them with their spouses, partners, and their kids um, through some formal things. Um, I mean, mental health, we've linked them to um, a Black therapist who has a practice, and they're going to provide them with one-on-one -on -one therapy and small group therapy that we're going to pay for. My Black dentist is providing them with dental care. I mean, it's like literally everything. Not everything, right? Yeah. That's, no, that's, that's no, okay. no, it's everything. But, I mean, it's almost everything, right? Like almost, yeah, like almost everything. You know, we're giving them a $250 CD investment account. So they'll have $700 yeah. a month, but then they'll also have an investment account that they'll grow and learn and have a relationship with Industrial Bank, which is a Black-owned bank in D.C. Um, so almost everything that they need to help stabilize them to try and curb recidivism amongst this population, make them know that somebody cares. And hopefully, you know, we also have an amazing woman, all-woman team who's evaluating this for us, even though we didn't have to. Our funders didn't require anything. But because we care, we wanted to have this program mm -hmm. evaluated formally. Um, and they are going to um, hopefully help us create a paper um, that yeah. we can present federally um, to Congresswoman Norton so that we can establish a standard of care for how folks are treated when they return home, which will then be linked to our campaign that we're calling I'm a Citizen, um, which is really about restoring dignity, humanity, and anonymity, right? Like, you don't need to know. You don't need to call me a felon. You don't need to call me a returning citizen. You just need to call me a citizen. Like, I've already did mm -hmm. that. I've done my time. Yeah. So we're doing a whole campaign around that. Um, and all those things will be, you know, announced um, through our We Are DC Natives page. Um, but we're really, really excited about that and how, you know, we'll be able to change, you know, the trajectory, hopefully, of 50 yes. minutes. Um, by Absolutely. Some, some I love this. We love that it. was a long answer, scene. but that was like a lot. We're no. offering a lot. So no, I no, no I things, needed that. But yeah. <laughs> you almost, I was about to start crying. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's not... Um, you know, I have many family members who have been incarcerated and the system is not set up for the for the rehabilitation mm -hmm. of those who have been incarcerated. It's not set up for the success and helping them to integrate into society successfully. And you know where they deserve that, right? right. It's right. always a mark on their forehead. It's always something held over their head. Right. And so the fact that you are offering yeah. above and beyond resources to set, set people up for success is so beautiful. I, I don't even, I want to talk to you more after this because I, would love to figure out how I can same same. So I mean, especially assist or whatever you know. Especially around the evaluation work because you know that's right up my street. But I mean, <laughs> I think what I what I'm loving is you know I will argue Jay that the system is set up to sort of maintain these these inequities and disparities, and I love oh, yeah. that that you you're using your um the the success um and the what you're learning. Um, as an entrepreneur, to literally invest back into these systems to dismantle um, these things that, you know, and the basic socialization skills that are not made available to people who are, who look like us and who are from where we're from, um, to really sort of address these, like, fundamental equity issues that, the like, these are flaws in our governmental systems. And so I think it's it's amazing to to just hear, um, it. and I think what, what I hear, a, a theme that I hear, you know, throughout all the different elements of your work um you know the spice girl in um this work that you're doing with your brother um 
for our incarcerated, uh, formerly incarcerated uh, citizens. Um, I hear such a, like, there's such a community theme. There's such a, you know, that's like investment, investing in ourselves. And I'm wondering if that, you know, what, what, what does what where does that birth from? Does it start? How does that how did that develop in you as an individual? It seems to be woven into everything that you do. Um, I just I don't know, right? Like I didn't grow yeah. up volunteering. I didn't grow up going to you know food drives. I didn't know about what that was as a child. And through middle mm-hmm. high school, none of that, right? Like um, mm-hmm. I linked with people like my brother friend Tony Lewis, and you know, and working with organizations like the Peace of Harlots and See Forever Foundation at the U Jail, and you know, I think I just found that work. Um, my first real I say real job because I work retail, but my first like real job, um, working with um, fly it was called fly um over in berry farms and helping mm-hmm. um, young people with job shadowing activities and i'm from uptown in northwest dc not far from the spice suite and it looks so different than ward eight in southeast mm-hmm. i live in ward seven now you know in southeast and the poverty just looks different right and i and i mm-hmm. knew that it didn't just look different that it was different it, it was, was deeper different. um it was it was a little more cyclical um more systematic right and so i knew i wanted to do something i didn't know what so it was just like i'll just start somewhere and i knew i wanted to um I thought I wanted to be like a forensic psychologist watching TV. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I thought I mm-hmm. wanted to be. And then I think it was my sophomore year, Howard, um, two of my brothers, one of my brothers had already been incarcerated. Um, he had been sentenced to life in prison. Two of my brother, my other two brothers ended up being incarcerated my sophomore year, Howard. And I was like, yeah, I can't work in a prison. Like I can't mm-hmm. do it. Um, so I knew I didn't want to be that close, but I wanted to have impact. And so that kind of changed the trajectory for me. Like my entire immediate family has been impacted by my mass incarceration, right? Except for me. Um, yeah. And so my love for the community is personal. You know, it's not just like charity. It's not something I do, you know, for accolades. And I and I tell the young people that when I go over to the youth jail or the men when I go over to DC jail, that like I'm not, because I know I don't, quote unquote, appear as somebody who's been impacted, right? So I always have to let them know, like, I'm not here um, because I need community service hours. Like, I'm here because you look like my mother, my father, my brothers, my cousins. Like, you look like all of them to me. And I know that not everybody that stands in front of you loves you um, or cares about you or really wants to invest in you, but I do. So here I am. Like, whatever y'all need me for, you know, I'm going to be here. I'm going to feed you and we can talk, we can kick it. Um, And food is important. So I'm grateful that that has been like my pathway into these spaces where I can serve more deeply. I didn't think I just, you know, have you ever just not meet somebody in person, but you just love them? You just want to hug them right around around the neck. Absolutely. (laughs) Angel, I think that's beautiful work. Um, And you talked about how this, this um came up in your sophomore year of at Howard. Um, so how was that your tell us a little bit about your experience at Howard. Did any of that kind of help shape some of the things that you are into now at all as well? Yeah, so for me, I didn't know where I wanted to go for school. I thought I wanted to go to California because I just wanted to get far away because there was really nothing <laughs> keeping me here in DC. Um, and then my little brother um, got locked up and started having issues. And I was like, I can't leave my baby brother, right? Like, I got to stay here. I can't leave him. So I was like, I'm going to apply to Howard. I'm going to get an apartment. I'm not going to stay on campus because I'm from DC. So I'm like, I don't need to stay on campus. I'm going to get my own apartment and be grown. Um, so, you know, I did that. I never stayed on campus. I regret that. I do wish I would have stayed on campus. Um, just for some yeah, of those like too. more relationship things that I think would have been deepened um, by staying on mm-hmm. campus. But being at Howard was probably um, 
one of the best things that happened for me, not even just because I was surrounded by all this like Black excellence and this diaspora of Black excellence, because I think there's this notion that you need to be the minority to appreciate your Blackness or you need to go to a PWI, you know, because, um, you know, for optics or for, you know, for credentials, right? And I'm like, nah, I just kind of need to be surrounded by my people. Like, I don't really need to, you know, I'm already going to be a minority. Like, I'm good. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to enjoy this this time, right? Um, And so I appreciated my time at Howard because it wasn't easy for me um, to get adjusted. Like, I didn't have anybody who had gone before me who could, like, walk me through the process and tell me what it was like. My grandmother had no idea what I was talking about, what I was doing. And then I learned, like, my grandmother wasn't my legal guardian. And I didn't realize okay. that because as a kid, she signed all my permission slips, right? Where it says parent or legal guardian, she signed them all. So when I went to Howard, she did my FAFSA and everything. And it kept getting rejected. Um, I got Ooh. accepted, you know, but it kept getting rejected. So my classes kept getting dropped. And so every day I'm sitting in financial aid trying to figure out, like, what am I supposed to do? I didn't know what the heck was going on. And so they finally told me, like, your grandmother's not your legal guardian. She can't complete the FAFSA for you. I didn't have a job, so I couldn't be what was called an independent student. So I ended up meeting this man one day, um, Mr. Martin, who, like, came out of, you know, came out of this back office. And he's like, who are you? I see you sitting here every day (laughs) crying. Like, you know, what what is what's your story? What's going on? What's the problem? And I was like, (laughs) I don't know. And he was like, what do you mean you don't know? And I was like, well, I, um... They keep dropping my classes. They said my grandmother's not my guardian, but my grandmother raised me. And he was like, well, you know, he helped me walk through what it would mean to become an independent, what they call an independent student with special circumstances, mm-hmm. right? So I had to get all these letters doctored up um, that, you know, said that I was um, raised by my grandmother and like different people from the community to like vouch for it or whatever. But mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know that I would have gotten that level of support had I yeah. not been, you know, at a black school where people like really wanted to see me win and loved up on me and came and said, girl, come to my office and wipe your face. We're going to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Right. And my professors, even when my brothers got locked up and I was missing classes because I was going to court and I was, you know, being called down for interrogation and all mm-hmm. the things that came along with, had, with being so close to, you know, folks who were incarcerated and my teachers like emailing me me saying, hey, just checking on your brother, right? Like, not even checking mm-hmm. on you, but, like, just checking yeah. on your brother. Like, that wouldn't have happened had I not been in Howard. So I deeply yeah. appreciate my experience. They could have kept this student loan debt, but I appreciate oh, my absolutely. experience. absolutely. <laughs> right? uh, but, yeah, I went oh, to Howard undergrad and grad school. So I ended up going back right. there to get my master's in um, counseling psychology when I thought I wanted to be a therapist. And I was like, I cannot listen to people's problems. <laughs> I don't have the attention span. I was like, nah, I'm going to just take this degree and go back to education because I don't even have the attention span for that. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm glad you said that because a lot of times people who don't, who, because, you know, I didn't I didn't have the uh, HBCU experience. I grew up with a lot of people who did, um, but I haven't been directly. Um, and, I, and Jay hasn't, Jay, Jay went for a year or no. Yeah, I, yeah, I had a very... A untraditional educational experience <laughs> I've been an independent student since I was like 16 so right so it, I had a, I had a lot of different things going no, on I say that yeah. to say like a lot of people only when they think some people have you know people have a really small perspective of, of what HBCUs are yes, about yes 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 and you know especially mm-hmm. around this time of year people only want to talk about homecoming and tailgating and that kind of thing but it's so much more of a of a deep it's a it's a it's a lifestyle. It's it's so much more than just football games and and bands and in the yard and that kind of stuff. So just thank you for for speaking to that that experience because people need to know that it's it's it runs much further than than 
homecoming weekend. Yeah, <laughs> yes. for sure. It's like one huge sorority, right? Or fraternity. Mm-hmm. It's like you, I meet people, people come into the spice suite and they're like, I'm, you know, Howard class of 89 or, you know, like mm-hmm. 92. I love they that. know me at all. But then it's like, I greet them when they come in and then at the register, they'll say, you know, they're from Howard. And now I'm like, wait, now I got to come from behind the register and hug you because I didn't <laughs> yes. know you family. You know, it's almost like, girl, why didn't you tell me right. you were my cousin? So then, you know, it's like that's how it feels when you find out you went to Howard together or any age see you honestly like if they say they want to Morgan or Spelman or anyway right. you just feel this like different connection because you know that we've had some common experiences um, and that there is a you know there's a black experience that we all have um, and then there's a, a sub experience if you will you know of being a, an HBCU graduate love I love it. that as, love do you it. feel like you attending an HBCU has um, you think you like your son is paying attention to that has he made little comments about what he wants to do is he trying to is he trying to go to Howard what's he trying to do I don't so his godparents also went to Howard we didn't even go together okay. they went to Howard okay. I went to Howard right like so his dad went to HBCU I think he also just feels like I don't know what I want to do I think it's interesting, right? Because he sees the success of the Spice Suite, he's also kind of like, I mean, what kind of business can I start where I don't exactly. have to go to work every day? <laughs> like, what? where do I need to go? What do I need to do that I don't have to work every day? Because he comes home from school and he's like, hey, mom, how was your day? And I'm like, it was good. He's like, what you do today? And I'm like, nothing really. He's like... Man, I want to do like you and I grow up. <laughs> and I'm like, it's like that now. It wasn't like that then. <laughs> right. He thinks we just travel the world and, you know, collect yes. spices and all the things. So I'll be curious to see what he decides to do. Um, I actually, when we travel, a lot of times we talk to him about the colleges and universities in other countries. I wouldn't be mad. Mm-hmm. I would actually be really glad if he decided to go to school in Barbados or, you know, in some other black country. Yeah. Give me an excuse to get a house somewhere else and Travel yeah. Oh, that's right. So yeah, I don't cool. Let me lose you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to see what, who he who he becomes um, and mm-hmm. what he does without my you know heavy influence. Isn't that exciting? Because you're doing all these things that speak to you, right? That come to you. I'm so sorry. This thing is on D and D, and it's like keeps going off anyway uh you speak to all these things that that have just kind of come to you right you've been called to them and now you're you're on your path isn't it exciting to see your little people and not put that pressure on them and Mm -hmm. see what their past because my child's all over the place she won't do everything and i see your children cook with you but Mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be chefs but they might be chefs but you're impacting them in such a beautiful way with all of these different threads that you've created in your life. And I just I just think it's gorgeous to see. It's gorgeous. And you have a beautiful Black family. Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, I tell people, you know, I tell my friends all the time, like, I want to be rich enough that if my children say they want to travel the world for five years and figure it out, that they can afford to do that, right? Like, we need to normalize trust fund babies in we Black do. communities too, right? Because when white Absolutely. kids grow up and say that they want to, okay. you know, travel the world and, you know, figure it out, nobody pressures them because they can afford nope. to do it. Like, I want to be able to afford for my children to open a spice shop because they randomly sure. saw it, right? Or do something random because they feel compelled to do so and not have to do what a lot of us did, which is like, what jobs is paying the most? That's the degree I'm choosing, right? I don't want that for them. I don't want that for them. Making decisions out of duress or fear and pressure, but really having the freedom, like you said, in life to just sort of do what you want. That's really what Mm -hmm. what it's all about. And I think it's dope that you get to be 
um, that example for your for your son and for your daughter, right? So yes. how women all the time we've been taught to work ourselves to death. And that, you know, sometimes being tired is the badge of honor. And it's like, nah, later for that. I'm <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired and I'm gonna sit down and I can afford to. So I'm like, you know, yeah. and, and that's what I'm I have a question. I told Jade I was gonna ask you this. <clears throat> so don't judge me. So listen, I I I grew up in a very um black, like I'm talking like white bread and American cheese black family. Like, you know, the very like, you know, my grandma fried chicken on Tuesdays and spaghetti was on Thursdays. You know, that was very sort of like routine. Very much like, you know, the the cabinet consists of garlic powder, onion powder, Tony's, Laurie's, those kinds of things. And as I've been growing up and sort of leaning into myself, I, I embrace all of these spices and doing all these things. I cannot seem to get my mom and them on board. Like, you know, I can't. <laughs> they are just, they just be like, girl, I don't, mm. like, <laughs> like, I'm like, mom, this is Herb de Provence. She's like, mm, mm. <laughs> she just doesn't like, she just, excuse me, move. And I'm curious, like, if that happens to you, like, do, do, and I'm wondering, like, do you judge? Like, do you, if you were to learn, if you were to learn that, you know, I use lorries on my chicken, would you be like, mm? No, that's so funny. So I, my best friends and I were texting today and they were like, oh, you know, the whole red flag thing on Instagram, right? And we yes. were talking about it. And they were like, we got to come up more. with one for you. We got to figure out who one is. And she had mentioned something about some, like, other brand, right? And I was like, nah, I made a point not to mention other brands on my page, not because I think I have so much influence that I'm going to, like, you know, put them on, right? Because they're already major brands that we all know of and can write along, right? right? But because I don't want, and I saw her this, I was like, I don't bash people who use those. They can do both, right? Like, I think yes. people, like, you can have those other brands in your cabinet and still have mine. I know mine are mm-hmm. better, but I don't judge you for <laughs> my, you know, I don't judge you for having them both, right? My products also aren't as accessible to everybody, right? So I recognize the limitations um, in having full access to my brand. Um, so I don't judge people for that. But my own, I mean, most of my family doesn't shop with me um, for most Really? But most of my family doesn't shop at the Spice Suite and they mm-hmm. post food on their pages. And, you know, I mean, some of them sell food, right? And still don't use my stuff. So, it's, you know, that's just, it, it is what it is. Stop them selling food and they don't sell, use it. Oh, they sell food and don't even use we my just, stuff, right? Like, they just, better. Yeah, they just don't. Like, they don't mention it. They don't come. I have family who's never been to the Spice Suite. We've been there for six years. My family still lives a few blocks away. They show up to their, you know, my grandmother's house for things and never say, I'm going to ride up the street real quick and, you know, check out your shop. And I know my family, right? I don't mm-hmm. hold it against people because I don't lean in with any expectation. Like, the people right. who support me are my tribe. And that goes for family, friends, whatever. I have friends who cook all the time, and they don't always use my spices. I'm not mad at it. Like, they mm-hmm. like, having my friends buy my stuff all the time is not, you know, that yeah. I'll be grateful. Like, I'm grateful for anybody else. But it doesn't make me mad when they don't. Um, so, mm-hmm. no. But I think old people, too, it's just so hard to get them out of... <sighs> It is. And uh, I, I bought my godmother some some spices for Christmas or like for last Christmas. And I went back for Mother's Day and saw that she hadn't used them. I took them right back. Like, oh, girl, well, they'll, you, they'll from just the come home with me. Because I was like, give those to me. I said, I'll just take them back. If you're just not going to use them, then you should have said so. Because I could have been using these. You're not hurting my feelings. I just can't seem to get them outside of this, you know, obey. And I'm like, there, you can broaden your horizons, sis. But my grandmother be looking at me like, 
please pass me, <laughs> like, please pass me the, the nutmeg, girl. That's all I want. <laughs> so this older black lady came into the store one day. Um, this is a few years ago. I was in there by myself, and she was like, well, I just came in here because I heard about your shop. And I was like, oh, okay, well, welcome. You know, and I explained the whole spiel of how we do things here, whatever, and I told her she could pick something. And she's like, and how much are the spices? And I was like, $14. She said, I'll be there. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, you know, and I was like, ma'am, you know, I get it. Like this isn't for everybody, but if you if you I find understand. something you like, you know, hopefully you enjoyed it enough that you find that it was worth it, right? Um, and so she was like, Well, I'ma try something. I'ma just grab something to support you because I done came all the way up here. You know, right? I just I'm like, all right, man, look. Just man, order you don't get it or not, right? <laughs> and so she got it. So she comes back the next week and she said, um, and I said, hey, I remember you. Hey, friend. Mm-hmm. And I'm joking with her, right? And she's like, it was worth every second of that $14. You are on to something. You're going to be here for a long time. And I came back to get a couple more because I'm going to send them to my sisters down south because they going to love this. And she started coming and literally she would buy all the sugars and all she used to go to the, um like a swim class at the recreation center down the street. And so she started <laughs> so bringing her friends after class and would buy up yes. all the things all the time. And she like would consistently come every single week and buy something. And she said, I'm just going to swap out all my spices now. So it's like, you know, there are people like that who just come along. Yeah eventually but me badgering them when you I mean you know when you come into the shop it's real laid back and I tell the Spice Girls the same thing I'm not sexy so I'm not here to like tell you Mm -hmm. like no 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 you should buy this one this you're gonna love I'm just here to tell people the educator in me is not here to give you answers I'm here to provide you with a bunch of dope options pick one well your Spice Girls are salespeople. I will tell you that (laughs) so they got it I went up and I got it I was Planning, planning to buy a few spices. They was like, well, did you see the olive oils? Well, you came all the way from Brooklyn. Did you get the balsamic? I said, the balsamic? Yes. With orange habanero olive oil and blackberry balsamic and coconut lime. <laughs> Child, because I don't got bougie and have to use two and three different, the hot sauces. You know, you <laughs> just, excuse me, excuse me. I need my hot sauce from over there. Thank you. I do. You see me over here drinking this latte. What you think's inside of it? Espresso sugar, honey, from the spice suite. <laughs> and nobody else is allowed to have it in my house either. So, so Very. Angel, we're so, okay. We want to play a little game with you, Kia. Did you have anything else before we? No, 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 ended no. On a fun note? Okay, we just want to play a little game with you because you know you told we travel. I traveled to thirty countries. Okay, y'all see that the wealth and. So I want to throw out a couple of spices. I'm going to just throw one out. And I want to see if you have a memory, a feeling, something that just comes up from that. Okay. Let me just think. Cardamom. <laughs> Guatemala. Um, so I went, I typically don't travel looking for a specific spice. I typically just travel because everybody cooks. So mm-hmm. I never plan mm-hmm. my travels around spices, um, which is interesting to most people. But I did know that Guatemala was known for a bomb cardamom. Um, and cardamom is life changing when you find a good, a green one. I found black cardamom in India. So the different types of cardamom, but a green cardamom in Guatemala. And that um, was memorable for me because it was the one time that I went to a country specifically searching for a spice. And then when I got there, I was like, wow, y'all put cardamom in everything. So I everything bought back like a cardamom mean. coffee. Um, I bought like a cardamom um, cocoa tea, a cardamom cocoa, like so many different things. And my son got to take a um, chocolate making class while we were, because we usually do some cooking experiences. So he did a cocoa making, um, chocolate making class there. And then we rolled some um, cardamom into it and made some 
flavors, uh, flavored chocolate to bring back. So it was just like really fun. So I always think about that experience when I think about cardamom. Um, it's one of my favorites because it's like beautiful. It's in the ginger family. It's not as well known. You know, not a lot of people use it, um, but it's it's life changing in coffee, tea, mm-hmm. um, pancake mix, ice cream, ice cream, ice cream all the things, mm-hmm. all the things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I knew this was going to be a fun game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I have family in Guatemala. They live in the mountains of Monjas. And look, your son is 10. He done been to Guatemala. My ass, they've been telling me to come since 92. I still ain't been. <laughs> I love it there. Okay. Okay. I got to go. I have to go to Guatemala now and give me some green cardamom. Yes, you do. Turmeric. Uh, turmeric makes me think of a few different places. One of them was Trin- okay. Trinidad. Um, because hey! of course, <laughs> so my husband is actually from Trinidad, born and raised in Trinidad. So, so I went there, um, and was just so excited to like get, wake up in the morning, leave out and see women on the side of the road, mixing curry, you know, of course with turmeric as a main ingredient, um, which, you know, gives it the color and then like frying bacon, saltfish, and ackee, and all the things, like, on the mm-hmm. side of the road. I'm like, y'all got nets on y'all head and gloves on your hand on the side of the road frying, deep frying things. Mm-hmm. Not just serving it, but actually preparing it on the side of the road, and so I'll never forget the smell, because turmeric has a very distinct smell, yes. unlike anything else. Um, and it's like, by itself, it doesn't smell like something you want to mm-hmm. eat, right? Or something you want to mm-hmm. experience, but when you mix it into curry powder, it is transformative. Ooh, I did not. Okay, look at us. Watch our husbands be cousins or something. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is from Tuna Puna. Um, okay, let me think of another one, and then I'm gonna leave you alone. Zatar. Oh, I didn't. I, so that's funny. That was one of the spices where it was one of the first spices I received. So uh, before mm-hmm. I decided to travel for spices, um, I got the idea to travel because this guy I knew who was a comedian. Um, I met him randomly in a grocery store. And, you know, Facebook all creepy, like people you may know. I'm like, oh, yeah, I do know him. Like, I just went in the grocery store. But, like, you know, it was weird because it was, like, years ago when it was, like, the people may, you may know feature was new. So you actually looked at them now and look at him. Right. But, like, I, you know, looked at it. And I'm like, oh, he's friends with like some of my homegirls from Detroit. He happened to be from Detroit, so friends with them accepted. I'm glad I did because when I was going on Facebook and um, at the time letting folks know that I was going to open a spice shop, um, he had hit me and was like, hey, you really helped me out when I met you that time in Safeway. I helped know like a recipe or something random he needed and he happened to randomly ask me. And so he was like, I'm actually in the military and I'll be going to Kuwait um, and I want to send you some spices. And I was like, oh, great. Oh, wow. like, you know, fine. I got to my shop maybe a few weeks later and it was like a huge bag of spices, like kilos of spices. And one of them was Zatar. And I had never experienced it before. And it was me opening all these different bags of spices, loose spices. And I was like, this is it. I got to travel. I can't find this here. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the spices that I experienced first that made me realize that like I need this level of authenticity and flavor um, and fragrance. And I know I can't find it here. And that started my journey to traveling for spices. I love that. I knew this was going. I knew we were going to get some fun stories yeah. and anecdotes. I have a million more, but I'm going to save that for another episode because <laughs> you will be back. Yes. Um, and I just want to hear all about the travels alone and what your different memories are sparked by Angel. We're so grateful that you came yeah. and shared space with Thank us. Thank you. Your your spirit. I think there's such an ease that comes from that that just comes out of you. 
it's so it's so grounded and I think you're you're so clear about who you are and the work that you do and it's really inspiring. It's been it's been a really bright spot in my day to spend time with okay. you and I'm not just saying that. I re- I, I really mean no, it. Mean I want to we really appreciate you for for joining us at the kitchen table and sharing um all of your amazing um work with our with our audience, with our friends and like Jay said, you are welcome back anytime. And the next time I come to the, I'm, I'm going to hit you and let you know next time I come to the to the shop. So I make sure, because I, I always am there with the Spice Girls who always make me spend all of my money. But I, I'm going <laughs> to try to to make sure that we can connect in, in real life because I, I really want to get to hug your neck. Absolutely. <laughs> for sure. I definitely can't wait to meet you both in person. It's long Absolutely. overdue. I'm grateful to have this time to talk to you guys too. This was fun. Thank, Thank you, Angel. Why are you so you're so peaceful? You just so <laughs> it's the bourbon yeah. lollipops, ain't it? I mean, <laughs> I said it's inspiring because you know I feel like I just I'm maybe I'm in a real existential space. The pandemic been hard for a G, right? And so I just am thinking of like what can I do to bring more ease in my life? I'm feeling like I'm under such pressure professionally and everywhere. And so to just you know talk to someone who is so like there's such an intention with everything that you do that's connected to who you are and it's such a way. And I'm just like, this is, this is the lane that I'm trying to find for myself. So it's really has it's been. Like absolutely it's, love though, right? Like I only do what I absolutely love. It's like shopping. Like I love the shop, but at this point I have so much stuff. I only buy something do? I absolutely love. So if I don't absolutely want to do it, I'm not going to do it. I decline mm-hmm. travel or interviews or, you know, opportunities and, you know, people throw, try to throw money at me for things. If I don't want to do, I'm not doing it. I'm not ever opening a restaurant. I'm not opening a second location. I'm not, there's just certain things I'm very clear that I'm not going to do. And I think the more clear I am about my non-negotiables, the more peace it allows me to have because there's never conflict. Like I'm never conflicted about things. Nothing is urgent for me because it's all important to me. So I do Mm -hmm. it because I know, you know, it's important. So I don't have to Mm -hmm. rush to get anything done because I know I want to get it done. Mm -hmm. So there's no haste. Um, y'all hear that in t- intention and boundaries? Mm-hmm. Y'all hear that? That is adulting. And not that feeling the pressure. Wrong. Like, I think we all live under, well, I don't want to say we all, but many of us have been socialized in this space where you feel like you got to do everything somebody asks you to do. And you yeah. don't. Mm-hmm. You don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People respect you mm-hmm. more, right? Like, they might not like it, but they'll respect you more for it. Like, I decline, you know, if somebody reached out to me asking me to do an interview for a really amazing, you know, organization, and then they hit me the day before and said, hey, um, I forgot to mention that we'll have you on with another local spice shop owner. And I was like, ooh, because there is not another one. And they sent me the person's name, and I go and I look, and I'm like, they're not even a spice shop owner, right? And I'm not ever here to discredit anybody, but don't waste my time. Right? Like, don't this waste is because my time. this is my thing. This, this is I'm my thing. Good at this. And don't just, you found somebody who has a spice blend on their website and now you want to make it fit, right? Because you can't mm-hmm. find, instead of just saying, Angel, we don't have the space for you right now. Like, I get, and I'm grateful that people want to spend time and share space, but don't force things, right? And I'm okay mm-hmm. with just saying no. I appreciate the money. I appreciate the offer, but I'm going to decline because this isn't an alignment with what I do. Like, I don't mm-hmm. sponsor things and people always feel a way about that. But I'm like, I don't. I give a lot of time and money, but I don't they get do. my logo on it because it's not a sponsorship right. for me. It's simply me mm-hmm. giving to the places and people I want to give to. Um, mm-hmm. And so that also relieves tension because it just, there are things I'm just not going to ever do. Nope, not going to ever sponsor. <laughs> <me>. <laughs> 
I love it. <laughs> I want to be like Angel when I grow up. Thank you. Which makes us so much more grateful for you being here because yes. you know you would have told us no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You would have because you didn't want to. No, but I'm grateful. I mean, I you know I clearly follow you guys too and like what you do and your you know your platform. Um, and I appreciate your brilliance um, and your energy that I feel from your online presence. You. And so it feel it felt like people that I would want to talk to like. It didn't just didn't feel hard for me. It didn't feel like work mm. for me. And as long as it, as it feels easy, I'll do it. And not because I shy away from things that are challenging, but there's some things that are just going to be challenging no matter what. So what I'm not right. about to do is add some unnecessary challenges to my yeah. life. I've been challenged for a very long time. At this point now, we deserve ease. Yeah. No, no, I, sometimes I don't want to be damn challenged, and that's fine. <laughs> Period. <laughs> it's the wisdom Enjoy for me. Thank you. Day, so Thank you so, so much. What an amazing time that was. I mean, oh my God. Speaking to Angel really got me together in ways that I didn't expect. Okay. <laughs> she said, What a soul. Okay. Okay. What a soul. I just what feel a like soul. Some lifestyle, some movement. We need to, like, oh, she got to teach me how to teach me how to Dougie, Angel. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> No, but again, thank you so much to Angel of the Spice Sweet and of all of, all of other her other many ventures and and service yeah. efforts um and ways service that she's sewing community. back into the community into the world so shout out shout out to angel um and again we want to uh give a special thank you to target as this special bonus episode of getting grown was presented commercial free thanks to target who is par- partnering with hbcus to support the next generation of black talent that's right and what else is, what else should they do before they should we leave? Constantly at all times, uh, moisturize your insides, uh, moisturize your mind, excuse me, by minding the business that is yours. You also want to mm. moisturize your insides, your internal organs and such by drinking all of the water that you possibly can, um, mm-hmm. as often and as frequently as you can. And, and most importantly, you want to moisturize your outsides, right? You want to make sure that you are moisturizing your skin, because failing to do so will result in your black cracking because it's dry. That's Bye. Right. Bye, guys. Have you ever wondered what the stars have to say about your favorite artists and writers? Listen to Stars and Stars with Issa, where I, your host and astrologer, Issa Nakazawa, read and interpret astrological birth charts of luminaries like W. Kamau Bell, Gia Tolentino, and so many more. You'll discover how astrology can unlock fascinating insights about these stars. And who knows, maybe you'll learn a little bit more about yourself. Listen to Stars and Stars with Issa wherever you get your podcasts.